0: Hello, and welcome to EPR with your favorite environmental enthusiast, Nick and Laura. On today's episode, we give our shout outs and post-conference, we wanted to slow down into something just fun for everyone. So Nick wants me to say it's impossible not to love this episode, but I'm not really going to do that.
1: Well, it's all about tigers. Come on, we (laughs) got (laughs) it.
0: So yes, it will be impossible not to love
1: this talk today.
0: (laughs) We sat down to interview Katie Cannon, the Educational Director at Carolina Tiger Rescue, about the exotic pet industry, Tiger King, and the joy of taking a good nap. And finally, on this day in science in 1916, daylight savings time was introduced in Britain as a wartime measure to save fuel. The idea began when a London builder, William Willett, presented a scheme of shifting the clock to better use of hours of daylight in the summer. So we can all thank William for that.
1: What oh, i <laughs> I'm so mad at that guy. <laughs> right?
0: <laughs> Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. Hit that Music.
1: Our shout out today comes from David Tomasco, a TBAEP member and executive director with the Sarasota Bay Estuary Program. He recently shared a project award where uh, Sarasota County took the lead on a project coordinated with the partners from the city of Sarasota, the Southwest Florida Water Management District, and the Sarasota Bay Estuary Program to act on untreated urban stormwater runoff into the Hudson Bayou, an important feature along the eastern shoreline of Sarasota Bay. This award-winning and recently completed project involved the diversion of existing discharges of urban stormwater runoff into offline constructed wetlands filters and sediment pumps and is expected to keep over 30 tons of sediment from reaching Sarasota Bay each year. That's, yeah, it's that's pretty wild. That's awesome. Be sure to share your promotions, new jobs, professional, and product awards with us on the EPR website. And if you'd like to sponsor a future episode, head on over to environmentalprofessionalsradio.com and check out our sponsor form for details. Okay, let's get to our segment.
0: Sorry, I went ahead and fed the cats also just to get that out of the way. No worries. Should have done it before we started, but I was watching Little House on the Prairie.
1: <laughs> I knew it. I knew you were. I, I'm not even remotely surprised. <laughs> That's so funny. I, uh, yeah. Um, Everything
0: I am is that show. Like this show, the episode today yeah. was about. One of the adapted sons to Mr. Edwards, who is a very mm-hmm. manly man.
1: Okay. Like, like myself. okay, Like yeah.
0: raised in the woods kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but the son is like, he likes to read and he's reading poems and writing and stuff. And he's like forcing him to go hunting. And mm. they're both like Mr. Edwards can't read, but the kid doesn't know that. So the kid wants Mr. Edwards to be more like him, but doesn't know that he doesn't right. even know how to read. So he doesn't understand. And then he wants him to go hunting. Well, essentially... Mr. Edwards gets attacked by a grizzly, not a grizzly bear, it's a black bear. So, um, who then just steals his food didn't kill him, but the son couldn't shoot the bear even while he was being attacked. So,
1: <laughs> right, right.
0: I'm like, that's me. I couldn't kill a thing. I think I would just stay in there. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, was I a vegetarian before I watched this, or am yeah. I vegetarian because I watched this?
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny that actually made me think of, you know, like my wife's job, you know, like a lot of what people don't understand about what she does is that, you know, tigers eat meat, right? Like, so she's, she's got to butcher animals that come in. Like they, they get a lot of their meat from hunters, you know, who donate deer, which is actually a really cool thing that they do. And they're like, oh, we don't need, you know, we just, we're not going to eat all this meat here. You guys take it. I donated
0: a deer once when we hit it on I-4.
1: Yeah. And so like, they'll actually, yeah, they'll take deer if you hit. If you hit it and you yeah. see it get hit and it, and it dies, you know, like they don't take it if you just, it's just on the side of the road because they have to make right, sure right. that it's fresh. But like she has, I mean, it's, it's honest to God, it's one of the scariest things I've ever seen in my life. Like I'd go to work with her for the first time and she's like, oh, I'm just gonna butcher this deer real quick. And oh, like, <laughs> like she just lifts the leg, boom, 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 three swipes I'm, and the leg's off. It's off. Uh, you know, like I'm looking at that deer leg, looking at my own leg and like, you know, like um. <laughs> you know like uh that this is, yeah. oh. that's
0: my problem i see we all have eyes mouth nose ears brains i don't yeah. see a difference
1: <laughs> well i'm much more worried she's going to use it on me like you know cuz like the uh, <laughs> you know cuz i'm like one dumb phrase away from like disappearing off the face of the earth <laughs> you know what i mean like that's a that's a, it's the joke right i don't get divorced i get disappeared and uh <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like it's crazy so she can do that no problem right there's some people that cannot butcher and to her Once the animal is dead, it's no longer in pain and she can do what she needs to do to make sure these these other animals are fed and taken care of, but she could never kill it. She could never, ever do that. It's just something she can't do, you know? And I get it. Like uh, there's a line, you know, that I think everybody has. I don't know if I
0: could, I mean, you telling me that story makes me think, oh my God, I don't think I could, but I did work at the Larry Park Zoo in Tampa and, Mm -hmm. you know, fed, I was in the Florida mammals department. So I fed the Kestrels mice and... Right. You know other gross things, but I don't <laughs> think I could dismember something. I really don't.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean it is a bit haunting. Like I mean, she actually caught she she does like to play tricks on me every now and then. And she did. Uh, she's like, Nick, can you go in the the freezer real quick and just grab the bananas for the uh, kinkajous we've got? You know, and I'm <laughs> like, okay, you said a lot of words in there, but I understood bananas, so <laughs> I got it. Um, and so yeah, I go in there, and there's there's three dead deer on the floor, and one of them had just been had been skinned. And so, like oh, you know, dear you,
0: lord, no, can't do it. Hey,
1: <laughs> dear lord, I see what you did there, and that's funny. Um, no, <laughs> but like, I, I open the freezer, the I'm like, lord, oh my I god, it. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> They're watching, <laughs> like, right, right, and I'm like, oh yeah, this is supposed to be in here, right? This is what she does, duh, right? You know, so, like, but she got me. Like, I walk out of out of the freezer, and she's got that grin on her face, like, yeah, yeah, I heard you, but I heard you.
0: That's some serious stuff. We had Florida panthers and they yeah. got fed rabbits or mm-hmm. chickens i'm pretty we weren't feeding them deer <laughs> so
1: yeah and you know they actually do feed them chickens as well it's actually most of their diet but you know yeah. tigers tigers are much bigger than that yeah than, that's true yeah than pumas like you know or, or mountain lions whatever you want to call them cougars they're like three times the size of those things sometimes it's crazy how yeah. big they are so like this the big tigers will get three chickens a day the smaller ones will get two and like i think the You know, she'll tell me how wrong this is later, but, um, I think the the (laughs) cougars get one. No, she won't because you
0: know, she's not listening. Right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) She's definitely listening to this show always. Every time she tells me how great I am, she keeps me grounded. That's the safest way to put that. actually, in case she does listen. Yeah. So it's just funny. So, but like a deer is kind of like a nice treat, right? Like a deer leg is about the size of a chicken or, you know, something like that, Mm -hmm. you know? the torso and head and neck is actually a treat for them sometimes so it's kind of a neat little side thing that they give
0: okay so i have like so many questions you know i and, you know remember i <laughs> right. volunteered at big cat rescue for a year or so yeah yeah so i saw a lot of stuff i don't remember us feeding them deer but maybe i don't know I, I was just the person handing it out i wasn't the person preparing it so right who knows but i did see one person who let her gar- guard down for a sec well she didn't really let her guard down she just didn't Follow the rules. Like Mm -hmm. she picked, I think it was a banana peel and she dangled it in front of one of the Florida Panthers. And within, I mean, before you could tell what happened, it had, or maybe it was an ocelot. It was a long time ago. So, but she had her arm sliced and before you could blink.
1: I know. Yeah. That's the, the, it it just reached out and clawed her.
0: It was crazy.
1: People do not understand. They just can't understand. And it's, you know like like a carolina tiger rescue you have to like one of their main rules is you can't walk next to the fence for that exact reason because yep. they can you know smaller animals can stick their paws out and, and you know and injure you and it's just one of those things that you can't do like people just have no concept of how strong and how quick animals are they really don't um, yeah so i'm like, super
0: excited to talk to katie about all yeah these <laughs> and i want to know like why do you have to skin it can't the don't they know how to do that themselves? <laughs> oh, oh
1: man, that's a good answer. I'll let her answer that. Like, yeah. I know the uh, it's okay, a good. Yeah. It's, I want to yeah. know. Yeah, it's funny. Um, I, I
0: morbidly want to know, which is strange. But <laughs> so many things. I mean, I only I only worked at Big Cat Rescue for, like I said, a year and have so many stories and so many yeah. cool things that happen. But also yeah. some like, whoa, you know, but the biggest takeaway is like. Don't bring wild animals into your home. I see so much of this on Instagram now with the reels and stuff. And it's all, yeah, because I follow, I like a lot of stuff with animals, but I see a lot of stuff that I'm like, this is awful monkeys in people's homes. And like, it's just don't do it.
1: I know. Well, (laughs) I mean, okay. So, so you talked about, I mentioned kinkajous before, right? And like, nobody knows what those are. It's a, it's technically a primate or not a primate. It looks like a primate, but it's technically a carnivore. And they're actually frugivores. They eat fruit. But yeah, so these animals look super cute, right? They're adorable. And if you look it up, look up, you know, look up what a kinkajou looks like, and you're like, oh yeah, it's really cute. And on their hands, they have daggers instead of fingernails, right? <laughs> and so they can literally mess you up. So at Carolina Tiger Rescue, they give everything a threat level. It's like a one through four, where it's you know not dangerous to dangerous. So four is is the highest you can be. That's what the tigers and the, yeah. the pumas, the cougars are, and so are the kinkajous. For that reason, they're incredibly quick and they have daggers on their hands, and so they can genuinely harm you very easily. So Katie could probably say that more eloquently than I just did, but yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: Well, sometimes it's the smaller animals that have those like vicious defense mechanisms. Of
1: course. That, yeah. You know,
0: they have a cute face, but then they will tear yours off. <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> yeah. You know, and Which I think know.
0: my other cat is like that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, it is strange though. Cause you tell people like, you know, you shouldn't have a tiger as a pet and, you know, and it seems like that's a no brainer. Right. But even like, just thinking about it logically right like every person who's ever owned a cat has been scratched by their cat right every single oh person yep right it's just una- unavoidable now imagine it's a tiger yeah, right no like, <laughs> like even if everything else is the same if everything else is the same and that which is not true right because they're still wild animals but you, you'd still be injured you could still be seriously injured by an animal that's not even trying to injure you right because um, they're that big they can lean on you and break your fingers oh
0: yeah the biggest one they had at Big Cat Rescue when I was there was 800 pounds.
1: Yeah. That's a big boy. <laughs> I mean, that's a big boy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's huge.
0: But yeah, yeah, this is great, but let's, let's save some for Katie. Mm-hmm. Cause I have got so much more and, uh, right. obviously primates versus whatevers. So I don't even know what I'm talking about. So
1: let's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to EPR. We are here today with Katie Cannon of Carolina Tiger Rescue, which is a pretty fun, cool place. I might be a little awesome. biased about it, yeah. <laughs> but it's uh, something a little new and different for you guys. I mean, we thought it'd be really fun to have her on and tell us a little bit about herself and the organization. So Katie, with that, tell us a little bit about what you do and a little bit about Carolina Tiger Rescue.
2: Yeah, I am Katie Cannon, the Education Director at Carolina Tiger Rescue. We are the only federally accredited wildcat sanctuary in North Carolina and the only one that's accredited by the Global Federation of Animal Sanctuaries. And what we do is we rescue primarily wildcats. We have a couple other species as well, but primarily wildcats from all over the country. Um, mm-hmm. These animals have been privately owned. They have been exploited in cub petting ventures. They have been found on the side of the road. Okay. Any number of things that you can think of, these guys have been through. And we provide them with a lifelong home. They get to stay with us forever.
1: So yeah. Cool. So, like you say, said, like, okay, found on the side of the road. What's that story?
2: So, nice. we had two tigers back in 2005. These guys, we named them Raja and Kayla, and they were about six months old when they were found. They were found on the side of the road outside of Charlotte, North Carolina. Oh, gosh. Um, just, just wandering.
1: Uh, <laughs> like they do. Like, yeah.
2: Yeah, right, right. I mean, you know, six months old, 60 pounds each already. Geez. Um, And luckily, an off-duty police officer came upon them, stopped traffic both ways. To me, the best part of the story, aside from them being rescued and getting to call <laughs> us home, by the time animal control realized the cop was serious... <laughs> <didn't>, you know, <laughs> I was say, who believes this person? <laughs> yeah. The dispatcher took a while. We actually have the 911 call. The dispatcher took a while to believe him. Um, <laughs> but by the time that animal control got out there, Raja was sunning himself in the middle of one lane. It was in January. <laughs> 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 on one side of the yellow lines, putting him in one county. And Kayla was half a mile up on the other side, putting her in a different county. So oh, two wow. different oh, animal wow. controls had to come out and pick them up. Of course. And then they, they spent some time at the North Carolina Zoo and then came to us when they were about eight or nine months old.
1: Oh, wow. And oh, that's a, a good segue. Like, so what's the difference between a zoo and a wildlife sanctuary then?
2: Yeah, so zoos... Your accredited zoos, unfortunately, like the word sanctuary, zoo gets thrown around and everybody thinks they're created equal, which they, of course, are not. So your accredited zoos primarily, of course, are looking at education and are educating the public, but they're also looking to save specific species. So they do breeding based on species survival plans and have and work with zoos across the country and sometimes in other countries to help save that species whereas at a sanctuary like us we don't do any breeding none of our animals can help save the genetic population because they're not any particular subspecies so
1: right.
2: oftentimes we get caught, we get asked well what kind of tigers do you have and i'm like orange they're orange yeah.
1: <laughs> 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 they have black
2: <lots> stripes. <laughs> so yeah. uh, they're essentially what we would consider like mutt tigers. They're just, and most of them are a good majority of them have been inbred or there's just no known documentation on their genetics. So they're yeah. not going to help that subspecies. So, yeah. And then... Once our guys, a lot of times, this isn't always the case, but a lot of times zoos don't necessarily want rescues. Rescues come with behavior problems and they come with medical problems. Right. Um, and so we, you know, whereas a zoo may have hundreds, if not thousands of animals, currently we have 47. Um, right. And our goal is to ensure that we have what we need to care for those 47 and any others that come our way, but we're not going to we'll never have hundreds of animals that's just not the way we do it that's not fair that's a lot of money um right. Right. that is required so yeah
0: so awesome that they have some place to go you know absolutely it's a so so needed and to have a place that's actually caring and not you know what we used to call a menagerie and uh um, right yep you know so you mentioned that there's some other animals that you have there what other animals do you have
2: So we have 10 species currently. We have eight species of cats and we have tigers, lions, a leopard, caracal servals, an ocelot, bobcats, cougars, and I lost count, so I may be (laughs) forgetting somebody. (laughs) Um,
1: Is it kinkajous, you guys?
2: So then we have our two species that aren't cats that are the kinkajous and the coatamundi and they're members of the raccoon family. I like to think of that raccoon family as a continuum. You have your raccoons in the middle, which would be, as far as aggression, which would be like, I mean, I'm going to scurry away, but I'm going to show you my teeth and tell you I'm not happy about it. Um, (laughs) And then you have your cuatamundis, which I've actually had the pleasure of seeing down in Costa Rica that are pretty curious. And they have a long snout and they're just fascinating little creatures. Mm -hmm. And they're a little more docile. And then we have our kinkajus that are on the other side of that continuum that um, will rip your face off given the opportunity to do so. So, yeah. Yeah. Sounds lovely. Six pounds of of pure fury. How did you get that critter? So we actually have four of them right now. We started as a a breeding facility back before Dr. Michael Blyman was a geneticist over at UNC and his idea. Mm -hmm. And this was before species survival plans came into play and Mm -hmm. were designed. And so he was breeding small carnivores, primarily your ocelots, your caracals, your servals, and also kinkajous. And then this crazy looking one, the binturong, which is from Southeast Asia, (laughs) that smell like fritos and popcorn but not (laughs) but not like a fresh bag of fritos like a bag of fritos been sitting out in the rain Um, (laughs) so one of our kinkajus is from that breeding program we stopped breeding back in 2001 and then the other three used to be pets one was found lola was found in somebody's garden in high point um just sleeping lethargic gosh (laughs) yeah and then we, Wednesday, is our oldest animal. She's, just, I think, 32 or 33 now. And wow. she was rescued back in 1988. And then Baxter is our most recent kinkajou. And somebody had him over in Asheville. She had acquired him when she felt like she needed something to take care of. And he was cute and helpless. And then he he was cute and not helpless. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So she gave him up he was extremely aggressive. She showed us scars on her hands and and all that from where he had bitten her. So so yeah.
0: I get so frustrated seeing all these cute videos and reels on Instagram now. I feel like, you know, if Instagram and and Twitter want to be responsible and take certain political things down, I think they should be taking off pictures of people owning these exotic animals, but right. that's just my opinion. <laughs> Right there with you.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Right there with you.
1: You know, I think the, the animal trade is actually, it's a really crazy business. Like, I know there's a, there's a wild stat going on and maybe you can help me get it right. There's more tigers in Texas than there are in the wild. Is that right?
2: Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so it's estimate. sorry, my dog here is rubbing his back on the carpet. And so he makes <laughs> a little noise. Sorry. Um, no best day ever. We're at home. So it's estimated that there's between five and 10,000 tigers in the United States. The reason why it's an estimate is because there's no national database. So if you think about it, you have to register your cat or your dog. They're supposed to get rabies shots every year. That is documentation and documented. Yeah, there's no national... There's, and it's state by state. So North Carolina is one of four states where there are no laws against owning exotic species. So we don't know how many tigers are in North Carolina. Hence, why two were found on the side of the road back in 2005. Yeah. And then it is, it is estimated, so it's actually legal with permits in Texas to own tigers. And just recently in San Antonio, there was a young teenager who went outside to look for his missing dog and found a, a tiger. Oh, and his neighbor had borrowed it from a friend to show his oh family.
1: Oh, my gosh. And
2: the tiger had jumped over his fence and then a couple fences over. And there's
1: video of it. Oh, my gosh.
2: And luckily, they were able to capture that tiger. And then the authorities came in and were like, hmm, so about that. <laughs> um, and it's yeah. it's just one of those things it's not regulated. So it's difficult to... Determine how many there are. There is, again, there's no no number. And a lot of people, you know, get up in arms about the tiger farms out over in Asia. Mm -hmm. We have no room to talk. They at least have an idea of how many tigers are on their tiger farms, whereas we are we have no national laws, which is not surprising. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know, but the, you know, the drinking age of 21 is not a national law. It's just all states decided to make it their state Mm -hmm. law.
1: So Oh, I didn't know.
2: Passing it. national laws around here is near impossible. Right. Uh, yeah. So it's scary. There's a lot of people out there who say that's not true. And it's like, well, but it's, it's going to be pretty close to being true of those five to 10,000 tigers. 96 of them are in the hands of private owners, roadside zoos of the entertainment industry, not in accredited facilities like ours. So.
1: Wow.
0: Yeah. I know I went on a, photography sightseeing trip once and we just went down a random road and found tigers in florida
1: yeah that's great they were in
0: like the time it was like a giant dog pen it wasn't even in like an enclosure it was just like here's the box that i'm in right
1: yeah 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 well it's it's one of those things that you know quirkiness of laws is something that we've talked about on the show before but this is one of my favorites whereas you can own a tiger in north carolina but you can't own a box turtle like that's illegal that's <laughs> That True. makes me laugh. That's crazy. Um,
2: yeah, we had a big rescue back in 2016. We rescued 16 animals from our roadside zoo in Colorado, and we were able to get our the eight tigers, leopard, two caracals, a serval, and two guatemalas across over into North Carolina before we could get the two bobcats because <laughs> because they're a native species, so we had to have special permits to house them. So yeah, we have more, we have more paperwork on our three bobcats and two cougars than we do our 13 tigers.
1: That's wild. Yeah. Um, all right. So I've got to ask you this and I know, I know this comes up a lot. You know, the, the pandemic started and the only thing people had to watch was Tiger King. Um, <laughs> and so are there challenges you guys have dealt with because of the show? Like I know Carolina Tiger is a much different place and it, but it's, you know, then you know what was shown in Tiger King, but how does that relate? But I but
0: let me chime in for because Tiger King, the show is different than Big Cat Rescue itself. I actually volunteered there. Yeah. Um that show was actually a discredit to I think wildlife sanctuaries all over the place. Like that was just that let's just Separate yeah. the two oh, sure. drama versus reality. Um, yeah. but <laughs> we're going to focus on your place here. But yeah, I worked there. So I'm really interested to hear more about your place.
2: Yeah, it was unfortunate. They had a perfect opportunity to shed light on a major problem here in the United States and they wasted it. They, yeah. they took it and they said, oh, here are these eccentric people. Let's just make this as wild and crazy as possible. In terms of us, we did, it actually came out the weekends and then we closed down to the public like the Tuesday after. So I did watch it just as a knowing I would get lots of questions about it. I think the worst part for me, there was nothing in there that I wasn't aware of in terms of the roadside zoo and the cub petting industry. I think witnessing the the hardest part was witnessing um, them in Oklahoma just, just sliding that newly born cub right under that fence and and taking it immediately from its mother. I think there's one thing to hear about it and another thing to witness it. And had they taken the opportunity to actually focus on What happens in that trade, the speed breeding of those tigers and what happens to those cubs. We have several animals that used to be or were bred initially for cub petting. One of our most well-known is Capriccio. He's our our heaviest tiger at 460 pounds Mm. and he has metabolic bone disease. So he went from two to three pounds at birth to over 400 pounds in just over two years. And because he wasn't given the proper nutrients and because he was taken from mom, he grew big, but he didn't grow strong. So he has arthritis oh. at 10 years old already in his back knees, and his confirmation is all off. And, you know, his life expectancy is not going to be as long as those who weren't in that because of what he's dealing with already. So, We just two weekends ago were able to sedate him and get injections into his knees to, to lubricate those joints and all that to help prevent any further damage and to lessen the potential pain for him. So, you know, so we've been affected indirectly by that. We've gotten lots of questions. It's provided a really good learning opportunity for us to help educate the public. The problem is we've also gotten those of asking ridiculous questions that have nothing to do with any of it, you know? Um, And it is unfortunate because it painted one of our sister sanctuaries of Big Cat Rescue and in the not so good light. And now, you know, they had also closed down because of the pandemic, but also they're now a little worried to open back up. I mean, that's unfortunate because that's going to affect how many and what they can rescue as well. So big bummer on the director's part they wasted a, a incredible opportunity unfortunately yeah
0: it is i agree i think that they had there's so many documentaries now on veganism and you know what's really happening the dupont one like Maybe they'll come around and make another season or something. Not another season, but a different show that I'll just put it out there to Amazon and Hulu. We'd like to see a new show (laughs) that focuses on what
2: the real real problem is. We've worked with a couple. There was National Geographic just put out and and only because I've watched it, Trafficked. They have a podcast too, but it's... They focus more on the realities of cub petting and trafficking of these guys. And then also, we were part of a documentary that was filmed a couple of years ago and it just came out. Now I think they're looking for a, potentially a streaming service to pick it up called Hidden Tiger. And so the good guys are out there trying to tell the story. It's It's a matter of hopefully people waking up and understanding, oh, this is a problem and this is something that I need to watch to educate myself versus being entertained. You know, there's plenty of entertainment out there. Um, So, so hopefully they are out there. Hopefully they'll get picked up and hopefully it'll become more widely known. I think it was, you know, we've seen several facilities closed down since then and not necessarily because of that, but it is, I think people are waking up to it and and understanding it is a big problem. So, I mean, but we got a lot of work to do. I have job security for a while, for sure. (laughs) Yeah, Speaking of
0: jobs, you were a teacher before. How did you get into this and how long have you been doing it?
2: So I actually have a degree in special education and I taught third through fifth grade over in Raleigh. And then I was injured by a student through no fault of his own, but I decided yeah, I didn't want to do that anymore. Um, I enjoy educating people. Um, I, yeah, I enjoy educating people, but I like to educate people on the things that I like, not the five different ways to solve a math problem. So,
0: <laughs> Although I find it interesting you were injured by a student it was working with
2: tigers. <laughs> yeah, I had the- I had to, I think Nick and I have talked about this. I had to have two surgeries on my hand um, oh, after that. Man. So, so yeah, super unfortunate, but, um, so I had gone for a tour at, at the rescue and fell in love and as most people do, but it was one of those of like, oh, I no, I want to do this. And then I helped out with, with uh, camp the following summer and it was exhausting and it was hot. Mm-hmm. And then every day when I left, I was like, I can't wait to go back tomorrow. And my boss always jokes because she, I had applied for the job and I was offered the job in August of 2014 and I turned it down. Oh. <laughs> and then I went back to the classroom and that's when I was injured and I emailed her and I said, so about <laughs> that job. <laughs> <laughs> so she always jokes that she's like, yeah, I offered it to her twice. She finally took it. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So I've been there six years. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) I've been there six years. It's one of those that it's, to sound all mushy, it's very humbling to be able to help the biggest cat species and these apex predators who shouldn't need your help, but they do. And it's, yeah, it's it's super corny, but you just fall in love with them. And I'm in awe every day seeing them and they suck you in and they break your heart, but you know, you're doing what you're (laughs) supposed to. So...
0: Yep. I totally get it. I mean, when I volunteered at Big Cat Rescue, it was like, I think I drove 45 minutes or longer. I had to go across a bridge, you know, everything. there's over a bridge. So I had to get over right. a bridge at, and be there in time for feeding in the morning at like 6am mm-hmm. or whatever. And mm-hmm. I think I got, a, I have a tattoo on my arm of big cats. <laughs> <You
1: know? laughs> so Uh-oh. Uh-oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I get it. And I know from when the time I worked there, like I saw some really crazy things and Nick was telling me about some of the stuff he's seen and visiting the place um
2: <laughs> i think you can only believe half of what he
1: said but... <laughs> hey hey it's all true 100 like, like
2: never... here's the truth here's how <laughs> nick tells it. <us. laughs>
0: right um so i sort of had like two questions for you one yeah. um you know i don't remember at big cat rescue feeding anything other than maybe Anything bigger than a chicken, I could be yeah. mistaken, but I don't remember seeing he deer parts laying around. Um, oh yeah, <laughs>
2: <laughs> that was the truth. <laughs> hey, I did so, it.
0: what goes into feeding and taking care of these animals?
2: A strong stomach, and <laughs> yeah. so yeah, we feed five. We feed our big cats five days a week. In the wild, they're not going to eat every day, so we mimic some of that fasting through. Fasting two days a week. It's never two consecutive days. They always have two feeding days between a fasting day and da da da. Yeah. So it's going to depend on the cat how much they eat. Capriccio, that big guy, he eats uh, about eighteen pounds of food five days a week. Oh, yeah. And at yeah. one <laughs> one point to help keep some weight on him, it was six days a week. But I can't remember at this point if he's back down to five or whatever. So it's a very fluid thing, which I'm sure it was a, a big cat too. Is um, if they look like they're not getting enough if they're being a little too lazy we'll drop back on their food a little bit if they're <laughs> if they're up and moving more then we'll we'll up it a little bit to keep them at the prime weight but yeah we feed primarily chicken and turkey but we also have hunters and farmers who will bring us deer or livestock we never take anything that's healthy if it, in terms of livestock it might be a, a cow who died during calving um, mm-hmm. that kind of thing we're not in the business of taking a cow or something because you don't want it anymore well, that's good because yeah so but it's extremely helpful our, our food budget's about eighty thousand dollars a year um mm. but in the last couple of years we've only had to spend between eight and ten thousand of that due to all the donations that we get um, that's amazing yeah which is really awesome so i would say at first it was a little off-putting to to see <laughs> right. them butcher um i have helped butcher before usually it's i will help when one day don't have enough volunteers to help Get through it, and two, they have a lot of time to help me. Like, do, <laughs> know what I'm doing because because I'm really slow. But God, the keepers can knock it out real quick. Yeah, <laughs> so. it's, yes, it's
1: very. It scares me to this wow. day.
2: I, yeah, yeah, a little <laughs> bit. I always stay on their good side because they know yeah. how to do it.
0: So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I have this like morbid question though because Nick mentioned like he saw skinned deers okay so this is like, <laughs> but my question is can't the tigers just do that why do you have to skin them
2: <laughs> yeah so we'll skin them occasionally and then sometimes we'll give them the whole thing so it's just going to be dependent on the animal we again because we have animals that sometimes we joke that they need to be coddled. Mm -hmm. um, And so we have to sometimes feed them small pieces on a treat stick so that they'll eat. Some of them can't digest the pelts as easily. And so we'll go ahead and take that pelt off. Sometimes we will take it off and use it as enrichment at a later date so that they can have something new and exciting. So it's all just dependent. It's dependent on what it is our guys are not overly or we have a few that are not overly fond of of goats and sheep. And so sometimes we'll take that pelt off to make it a little easier or we'll take the wool off to use in, as enrichment later. So it's all very interesting and it changes yeah. day to day. I'll go out and be like, but why are we doing it this way this, today? And they're like, because of this. And I'm like, Yeah. I didn't see that coming. Okay. (laughs) So they get pretty picky. So it's nice to be able to vary their diet as well so that they don't get, you know, bored.
1: I'm going to ask you a really broad question about funny things that have happened. Like, so (laughs) there's I know there's a thousand funny stories and so we don't have enough time to cover them all, but maybe there's one that sticks out in your mind that you want to share with us here.
2: So... Yeah, I was thinking about that. And it's is—it's true. Most of the time, the funny stuff doesn't even relate to the animals. It's the (laughs) awesome and ridiculous people that I work with. Um, (laughs) But one thing that I have yet to live down, and I, I don't think I ever will, is we had... I can't remember if it was Mona or Moki. There were these older... Well, at the time, they weren't old. They were probably 16 or 17. But our smallest tiger is about 210 pounds max. And one of them, I can't remember which one, they lived together. So was having we had to knock her down. And, <laughs> and I it was one of my first knockdowns. And knocking down means sedating for a medical procedure. It's and right. so okay, yeah, that's not what I was like, what? You just right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I yeah, yeah. I have to explain that to my parents and I've been working there six years. They're like, oh my God. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's not <laughs> So I was down at the hind end of her helping and and our vet was up at the front. She had something going on with her mouth or her ear or something like that. And suddenly I saw her back foot move. And so I stood up, but I was like, cause that's not supposed to happen. And then suddenly they put something in her ear and it, you know, how it kind of drains down the back of, you know, like it drained down the back of her throat and she lifted her head and shook her head and, <laughs> And suddenly, and they gave her more propofol, which helped her go back to sleep. And nobody was worried except for me, apparently. And (laughs) suddenly they look around and I'm nowhere to be found, except I was behind my boss, Catherine, um, (laughs) who was up closer to the bitey end of it. And they looked at me and they're like, what are you doing? And I was like, well, I mean, she lifted her head and they were like, well, why'd you come to the front end for? I was like, I said, well, first of all, Catherine was going to save me. Um, (laughs) And second of all, that was closer to the door because I was out of there. (laughs) Um, But they still give me a hard time because they were like, yeah, you were at the safer end at her hind end versus the front end where Vet and the keeper was. And nobody else flinched. And I was like, yeah, that tiger lifted its head. I was not sticking around for that. So.
1: I mean, it makes sense I, to me. I know
2: what it's, I'm doing. I'm right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Katie, Katie's a smart one here, by the way. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Why are you giving me a hard time? Y'all all <laughs> sit there.
0: <laughs> um, Kind of related to that. We were talking earlier about some of the stuff I saw when I was volunteering at Big Cat Rescue. And have you witnessed any just like dumb people things?
2: You know, it's funny. We, as well as Big Cat Rescue, we know what we house. We know we house some of the most dangerous animals of course and we know the risk that we have and we know that should something go wrong then not only is is a human life at stake but all the animals lives are at stake as well so we're usually pretty good about that but i think it's the questions that we get that is that we just kind of go what like you know <laughs> i've answered the phone and somebody want us wanted to buy one of our tigers and ship it to a restaurant over in cool some foreign country in Europe so that you, they could use it to bring people in. And I was like, no, like (laughs) for so many reasons. Um, Right. Right. I had somebody just this week come up and we're closed we only do tours on Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays, and they're by appointment. And you have to be on a guided tour. We don't let people just wander around for many reasons. And this guy came up and he was like, oh, I wanted to see him. I said, so sorry, not today. And he was, he said, so do I just walk along the fence when I come? And I said, no, you're guided by a tour guide. And you learn about the species information, how the animal came to be here. And he said, okay, well, what about petting them? And I was like, absolutely <laughs> oh, <man>. not. <laughs> like, no, I'm not even going to play with you. Absolutely not. I." Told my boss, I said, you know, I'll know my job is done when nobody asks me to bring a tiger to the event I'm tabling or something like that. Um slowly. And I'm I'm not there yet, unfortunately. Right. Yeah, I think we have a
0: long way to go in that department. I don't know what it is about people and animals and just not
2: because they can. Because they've seen that they can, because people tell them it's okay.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: Well, hopefully as we move away from like the circuses
0: and the shows and that those kind of things that will help to get better
2: yep um, <laughs> sorry
0: yeah, no. No. <laughs> yeah, no worries. i don't know where our podcast is um, I, know, I know of all the shows he should be on here yeah this is the in, one, is this is this the is one? Right. but yeah. you know what he's doing right now he's napping and <laughs> i heard that that's something that that maybe you like to
2: do Yeah. So I, I'm not going to lie. I listened to a few of your other podcasts and I was like, Oh my God. No, 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 no. They asked what, I was like, they're going to ask me what my hobbies are. I don't have any hobbies. I have no hobbies. (laughs) I I go to work and I come home. And then, and then somebody was like, will you, so I have done a number of half marathons, marathons, triathlons, that kind of thing. And somebody was like, well, what about that? And I was like, no, I'm still tired from my last one three years ago. So I don't do that right now. And so it was what I realized is I used to do that so that I could take a nap um, <laughs> and have an excuse to do that. And then I realized I don't have to do that to take a nap. I could just take a nap. So that's funny.
1: Um, oh my gosh. I,
2: I can imagine taking the, those
0: phone calls and dealing with the public would make me tired.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah. So I look forward to my weekend so I can take a nap. Yeah. I love to nap. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. They were all like, yeah, you like to nap. That's okay. I was like, I don't write anything. I don't, I, 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 well, I'm yeah. such a, I'm such a cliche. I watch true crime and I take naps. So that's <laughs> what I, like I do. It, it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. You're, do. you're in good company. I mean, Laura, right? Laura, yawns when she exercises in general. So I think, right. uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, For sure. Um, yeah i guess uh wrapping up here where can people find you where can people if they want to support the organization where can they reach out to you
0: here he is, oh, hey, there it is.
1: toby returns
0: <laughs> you see why i called him baby tiger now
1: yeah i mean that's
2: that's pretty impressive that's right. impressive <laughs> Where's my attention? <laughs> right. Um, yeah, so carolinatigerrescue.org is the best place to find all of our stuff. Also, following us on Facebook and Instagram is a fun way to stay involved. We do tours on Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. No, you don't get to pet our animals. Um <laughs> But what we find is you can go to a zoo and the learning and the education is very passive, and that's fine. But you can look at a, a, a zebra called a giraffe, and nobody's going to tell you anything different, right? So, yeah, right. um, got to read the sign. Whereas for us, we are very much as a nonprofit trying to fix a problem. And to do that, we do that through education. And so when you come, you are on a guided tour. We're going to tell you, of course, species information. But more importantly, we're going to tell you why that animal needs us and why more animals need us and how we can solve that problem. And right now, of course, with everything that's going on, hopefully... Fingers crossed soon that it, it will get back to some semblance of normalcy. But we're doing um, virtual tours as well, where you get to hang out with me and I go out and introduce people to some of our cats and they get to ask questions and all that. And that's been really fun. I've been able to connect with people in Colorado and up in New York and Arizona and all that. So even if you're not nearby, that may be something that you want to check out. Okay. Um yeah, we have a great supporter actually in Australia, which is super fun to hear from wow, them. And yeah. So, yeah. So it's pretty cool that this has, it's made us rethink how we do things, which is not a bad thing. And so, yeah, there's different ways to stay involved. And donations, of course, are always needed. But one of our big things too is, you know, learn about us and then hopefully tell people about us and the problem that we're trying to solve so that we can eventually move in a different direction and change what we do to help solve another problem.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Katie. We really
2: yeah, absolutely
1: talk to you for like the next seven hours. So really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for being here.
2: My pleasure. Thank you guys so Thank much you. for having it's me. It's great to meet you. Thanks so much. Nice to meet you. Thank you.
0: That's our show. Thanks so much, Katie, for joining us today. It was so cool to learn a little bit more about the zoo industry and what you do. Please be sure to check us out every Friday. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Bye.
1: See you, everybody.